Hey man, you the first person. <laughs> hey, gang, 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 gang. Shout out to Paige Kennedy, man. Hey man, I'm officially another nigga with a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Not another podcast. If I do a podcast, that's why I'm naming my shit. Not another podcast. Yeah, bro, you should name it that. Um, but the, the the thing is, I've been wanting to do this podcast for a while. Um, and I called it Urban Legends because I there's a lot of people in, in the community and of the culture who need to have a story uh, talked about, who need to have, um, need to be illuminated. And to me, I think you're Urban legend you know what i'm saying hey. and i'm like man we got great chemistry you know we did rush hour the tv series together that got canceled during the commercial break and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and because of that i was like you know i was like man let me um let me have Paige as as the first person on this so you officially the first person uh hey, hope you up, man. yeah i hope you're the first of many um, uh, yeah, so that mean that mean five years from now when you get that Joe Rogan check, I've been the first one that was on that bit. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey, but I think I think Joe Rogan is a little bit of influence on everybody, you know. And I think Mark Marin kind of kicked it off, and then Joe Rogan took it to the next level. Um, and I'm like, but I've been sitting on this idea for about a year or two. I'm like, dang, I want to do a podcast, but I don't have time because I was filming MacGyver and all that stuff. And then during this quarantine, I'm like, man, I finally have the time to do this. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted you to be the first. And, I, and I'm going to be honest with you, low key, I thought about having you as my co-host. Um, oh, I was like, but then I was like, I don't know what this schedule going to be like. I was like, we could be like the drink champs. And it'd be me and Paige. We both, <laughs> act, we both act. And, and I was like, but I don't know what the schedule is. I was like, I don't know if you want to do something like this. So I was like, let me just have him on as, as the first guest. But this is where I want to begin with you, Paige. First of all, you're from Detroit. Yes, yes, yes. Three one three, baby. Okay, but I, well, I, I think one of the most interesting things that I that I often see on your page is that you used to tour with Biggie, and I noticed something that you talked about on other platforms, but you didn't talk about it on this one. <laughs> right. So, so how how did that happen? How did you link up with Biggie? How old were you? When did you start rapping? I want to know about all that. Um. Well, <clears throat> with the big situation specifically. Um, I was in college at the time. Uh, I think I was going to, uh, Grand Rapids Community College in Michigan. And I, I even, the only reason I even went to that college, cause all right, I'm from Detroit. Right. And so I never even heard of Grand Rapids when, when I was in Detroit, like in high school, but neither, neither has Grand Rapids. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> I played football in high school. And I didn't have grades good enough to go to a university straight out of high school. So I had to like try and figure out like where could I go to school to play football where a 2.0 was like enough. Um, and one of my football uh, players, my friend who was my best friend, his name is D love. His name is Derek. He from, he, he from Detroit too. He had already graduated high school a year before me. So um, he was in Grand Rapids, and, and my coach was like, "Won't you just go out to Grand Rapids with Derek?" Um, so me and another uh, football player, James Braswell, we both just decided, "All right, well, let's just go to community college." And I took my funky ass out there and didn't even make the team. 
That's hilarious. <laughs> I went out there to play football and didn't even make the damn team, man. My hands were so trash. How the hell did this lead to Biggie? I'm I'm getting to it. Just <laughs> taking, you know what I'm saying? You said you want to know. <laughs> He's like, what the hell? Why are we on football? Then I asked you for big. All right. <laughs> hey, this ain't going to be like other podcasts. I'm going to keep it 100. Like, nigga, how the fuck? Get a Biggie. What are you talking about? <laughs> Because you you asked me from before, so I had to set up. I had to set up where I was. I did. So, I did. So so in Grand Rapids, that's where I was going to school, and I had uh, a next door neighbor in D- in Detroit. His name is Rodney L. He's a Prince lookalike. He's the person who introduced me to all of the rappers that I knew since I was a little kid all the way through. Because he 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 was a Prince lookalike, but he also was like a promoter in the city. So. When I first met Ice Cube, when I first met when I first met everybody it was through him, and uh-huh, so okay. so he's the person who said it. He get, he put me on my first uh, music video. He put me on the first stage that I ever been on when I was ten years old at the State Fair in Detroit. That I rock, you know. I say, were, were you rapping then? Yeah, I mean I've been rapping since I was seven. But Dang. my first like performance by myself was when I was ten. Um, I, I was a special guest at the uh, state fair, nope. but um, that's another interesting story that we should talk about. Yeah, but so he's the one who set up all of that stuff, and so um, I, I I first what opened for Big in Grand Rapids, and I just went through the Michigan area, like when 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 Big would go through all of the cities in Michigan, like I was an opening act, and so yeah. that's that's when I I, I got with him. And so Big was coming into your city to perform. He was the promoter, the press lookalike, yeah. and he got you on the show. Yeah, he got me on the shows because I was I wasn't not just in Detroit, but like throughout the whole Michigan area, all the places that Big went. Dang, that's crazy. Do you do you remember like any conversations that y'all had? Did y'all ever chop it up or? Well, y- yes. And the, the most- <laughs> you like you like he didn't talk to me. <laughs> That's what it looked like deep, deep down inside. You're like well, that nigga kind of played me, but I mean, whatever, whatever. He did play me. He played a practical joke on me. <laughs> um, I I talked about this on Vlad TV, but uh, he he. <laughs> so I had a big crush on Kim, like everybody fucking look him. Yeah, little Kim, and um, I used to always like ask him about her like what's up with because big had you know big was doing his thing he had what he had and i used to always ask him about kim and then one day we was just sitting outside the hotel like outside the room but it was like these hotels that you can like look up you can see all the rooms you can look down you can see everything that's the way that it was you know structured where you could see the whole building and mm-hmm. everybody and um he was like man won't you just go up there and talk to her her room right there. Just go up there and talk to her. So he he pointed to me where her room was. How old were you at this time? Twenty. Okay, okay. So you was old enough to, to possibly get some little Kim booty. Well, yeah. I mean, she was older than me, but because I, you know, I was always the youngest of everything that I did. I was the youngest in college. The youngest. I was always the youngest growing up. 
with anybody in my surroundings. And how do you feel about that now? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, man, I still act like a fucking kid. That's why I still haven't grown up. I'm right. Still right. I'm still the youngest, goddamn it. You are. You are now. <laughs> I'm a fucking child. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Nigga, I never grew up. These are facts. I work with you. This is, this is true. <laughs> I am the same 14-year-old. Um, <laughs> so that made me nervous as shit. Cause I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to say? He's like, look, just go up there and holler at her real quick. And cause he told me to do it, nigga, I was nervous as hell, but I went up to do it. I knocked on her door. I was like, what the fuck am I, what am I supposed to say to her? I knocked on the door and nigga, she answered the door. She had a robe on. Now what, did her titties come out like the movie? Was her titties out? Right, like the tour, like the tour. What's like the tour? Notting. What's her name? The tour. You know, I talk about who played in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. What's her name? Uh, uh. I think it's Natori. Natori. I think it's Natori. I don't remember how to pronounce her last name. I used to. I don't know. That's another thing. Yeah, she fine as hell though with them big ass. Oh my god. She's on power. She's on power now. That's who played. She's on power too. And god damn. Yeah, but anyways, my bad. Continue, continue. Yeah, man. So I knocked on the door. She answered. Titties out. She was like, "What? Huh?" I said, "Titties out." I know, right? She was like, "She was like, what's up?" She got a robe on, bro. And nigga, when she answered the door, I froze. I fucking froze, bro. Nigga, little Kim just answered the door in a robe, and she looking at me, and she like, "What's up?" Oh. And I just stared at her. And I'm like, uh, what's up? I'm, you know what I mean? I'm just coming through seeing what you're doing, you know. So now she's thinking you're mentally challenged. Yes, because I'm fucking frozen, bro. And this nigga big, big is, I told you, he can see everything going on because you can see everything. And my brain, part of the reason I'm frozen is because there's a part of me that want to say he told me to come up here. But then I'm like, wait, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> so now I'm just, you know, in, in, in four seconds of silence could be like forever. And right while on. my brain's trying to figure out what the fuck to say right now. And whatever I said, nigga, was basically kind of like, oh, I was just coming to say hi. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was like, uh, okay, well, I'm about to go now. And I was like, all right, well, it's good seeing you. I turn around, I look down, and this nigga is over the rail fucking dying laughing at my ass. And I'm like, man, I feel stupid as hell. I mean, I felt stupid and good because I was, like, at least that close. Um, so, yeah, he would do, like, shit like that. Uh you know, we'll be in his hotel room. They filmed this, too. Um, I battled Yuck Mouth from the Loonies because he was on the tour, too. Uh, remember, I got five on it. I got five on Classic. it. Classic. Yeah. So it's funny because the other rapper of the Loonies, Numbskull, and Lil C's. You know Lil, C, Lil C's? I, I know the name, but I'm saying these names are uh, so 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> they were Lil C's is Biggie's, like, Lil best friend like the look he's from junior mafia right but yeah they they didn't want no parts of us bro we was in that bitch for like 45 minutes straight just me and him back and forth who won i don't know nah, then you lost, baby. Shut up. Nah, I, I don't know i mean look 
we because because he and I he and I are similar in the sense that we you know we we was going at it man we had bars we had punchlines we had like all that shit we were kind of similar and the other two I don't think they they clearly didn't rap as good as us which is why they didn't even want to get in but bad boy recorded that whole thing so somewhere Dang. there is footage of me battling yuck mouth i seen yuck mouth talk about it on some platform too but there's some footage of of us fucking going back and forth for a long ass time uh in biggie hotel room but That's yeah man it was it was it was cool it was cool times you know and and at that at that time big also was the opening act for ice cube that's what I was about to get to. So how did you link up with Ice Cube? And it was through doing the bigger I, shows? No, 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 no. I've been on Ice Cube since, uh, man, I got the picture up there, but. I, there okay. we go. That's crazy. So what year was that with you and uh, Biggie in that picture? That looked like that had to be like, uh, shit, 1995? Dang. That's wild. 1995? I was in fifth or 96. Grade. It was either 95 or 96. One of, one of those. That, okay, so then how did how did you you say you've been on Cube? So how okay, did so I've been on Cube since since I was 15 is when I met Ice Cube. And Ice Cube was my favorite rapper, bro. Like he was like for the longest time of all rappers, Cube was like my favorite rapper. He was like my idol, bro. And so when Rodney finally was gonna let me meet him, because like I said, Rodney dealt with everybody, Ice T, Ice Cube, Public Enemy, everybody from the 90s, bro, Rodney was in with if they had to come through Detroit. And he and he used to take my older brothers with him most of the time because they was like closer to his age. They're from LA, fucking light skin with the curly hair, like easy and all that shit. Um, and he didn't always take me. I used to beg him, but I was just a fucking kid. So he so he didn't really. But then this one time he was like, Come on, um, we about to go, you know. The first time I met Cube was at his hotel. Um How old were you? <laughs> Fifteen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It was with Rodney. <laughs> sure, sure it was. <laughs> I didn't, it was not a little Kim thing where I went by myself and knocked on the door. Well, I was making sure. Never mind. Never mind. I'm listening. <laughs> Nigga, I did not say Michael Jackson. Nah, 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 that's what I know how I know how huge of a, a Michael Jackson fan you are. So I said I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring that up, but. <laughs> But nigga, best believe if that was if he would have chose me, if Michael Jackson would have chose me, I would have obliged. Uh, you would have obliged. What the fuck is hey, wrong yeah. with you, y'all? Hey, hey, I take. Hey, come on, man. If you gonna get fucked by anybody, it gotta like. Come on, man. If you gonna get fucked by somebody, at least let it be Michael Jackson. Come hey, on, man. Well, that's legendary. That that is that's our <laughs> legend right now. Your uncle. Your uncle can fuck you, and then nigga, that's just that's just that's just tragic. Several, several people have been fucked by their uncle, so I mean, I guess if you got to choose between the two, if you had to with a gun, yeah, I mean, if you had, if you must to, <laughs> and he seems like he would be sensitive and like slow and like you know what I mean. He would you be slow. He would use gels and lubricants. <laughs> he would do all of that stuff and talk to you softly and nicely and kind and stroke your head, but but. <laughs> anyway, right, 
you 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 fifteen. You're terrible for making me go down that dumbass. Hey man, you went down that. Yeah, I I did I did lead you a little bit, but you led me, you led me to some bullshit, man. So listen, uh, wait a minute. Um, fifteen, you with Ice Cube, y'all alone, ice buckets. No, we not alone, and we didn't have no ice buckets. And he, didn't, I didn't go inside his room. He came outside the room and made me go away. <laughs> y'all got Jodeci playing. Okay, now what? <laughs> What's happening next? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I'm going to go get my lotion. <laughs> no, okay. I'm listening. All right. I'm listening. <laughs> no, but so that was the first time I met him. And then um, um, at the Lollapalooza tour, um, I used to be able to go like on a tour bus with him, his dope ass tour bus. We used to play uh, sports talk baseball. You probably don't remember that, but it was for uh-huh. Sega Genesis. Do you remember uh-huh. Sega Genesis? I remember Genesis. Yeah, yeah, I had one. <laughs> yeah. I played Sonic. Sonic, hell yeah, Sonic was the shit. But yeah, sports talks baseball, and I did, and and he got me on that because obviously, nigga, in and in, in nineteen, what year is that? Nineteen ninety three. Yeah, something around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like ninety. Yeah, ninety three. I didn't give a fuck about no baseball. It was either. <laughs> basketball or football it's still basketball or football and, and and when he was like yo we go play baseball i'm like baseball but it was dope for one because it's with him for two because that that was the first time they had like commentary you know what i'm saying from announcers and shit right. as opposed to you just playing so so yeah man that that was like cool dope experiences i i used to be with dub c dub c from what's up People say I look like him. Um, yeah, man. And so I've been with them for so long. Dub C used to like, and because it's been more, multiple years, like all the time. Dub C used to ride around with me and my cutlass in Detroit. That's crazy. I, yeah. And I, I saw you, you had a picture with, with uh, Method Man. How, oh, yeah. how that came about, man. So Method and Red, once again, during that same time when I was uh, doing those shows, um, I opened for Meth, Red, Keith Murray, Shaheem. Um, that's a lineup. Like all of that, that whole type of crew there. Um, when I was, this is probably like 90, 95, 96 as well. Um, and so that's when I first met them. But then I've been with them so many times, like since then, since since 95, 96, then also, uh, you know, just different points in times throughout our, our lives. Like we was in New Zealand together, like when I was doing a Meg, uh, they brought me out on stage. They had a show here at the fucking, I forgot what the show was and, and Red brought me out for that. Um, so I, 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 I've been, look at this, you see that? That's like, that's like 1990, six maybe Dang. and 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 i've been with them for like mad years like even look nigga i got hair <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy man you know what like, man i just started i didn't I, I always knew meth was was fire but i i just recently went back and started listening to the uh old like biggie and tupac albums mm-hmm. and just hearing his bars on those verses and his delivery and his cadence I'm like, meth was a beast, bro. 
Meth was a beast. I mean, still is. He still is a beast. He did a song with J.I.D. pretty recently. Uh-huh. And his verse on that was beastful. I was like, man, legend. Yeah, meth, meth. And he had that He had that voice and that swag. And, uh, I mean, I was a huge Red Man fan, but Method Man had that, he he was like that, the, the cool factor. You right. Know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, man. I've been I've been with with both those guys for a long time. When did you fall in love with rapping? Like, when, what made you start to get into that? So, <clears throat> I think I started. I fell in love with rap at uh, six, seven years old. I, so I was in Los Angeles. I was born in Detroit. Two months old, my mom took my ass away from my damn crazy ass daddy, and we went to L.A. And then I just lived with my mom in L.A. from the time I was two months old till I was six years old. My mom was in the drugs and shit. She was about to have twins, like uh, uh, a set of twins. And then um, she was like, you need to go and live with your dad just because she was young. My dad was 20 years older than my mom. So she sent me back to Detroit when I was six. So how, that was my first. Wait, how old was your mom at the time? My mom had me when she was 20. So okay. and he was 40. Yeah. And he was 40. So he was older than her mom and dad. <laughs> Your dad um, was gangster. All right, I'm listening. And what's funny is my mom's mom was actually living with my dad in Detroit. So when I left L.A. to go live with my dad in mm-hmm. Detroit, my, my grandma was there, too. Wow. Um. So <clears throat> at six, I was in Detroit. And then my brother, he he's half, he's from my dad, but he's by a white woman. Um, he was 10 years older than me and he was living there too. So this is my first time like actually meeting that I have a brother who is like 16 years old. You know what I'm saying? So I'm living with him. And this is when I even first acknowledge what rap was. So this is what, 1982, 83? Wow. Um, so this is, I'm just now hearing rap for the first time, right? From my brother. And I just I just love that shit, man. He just like let me listen to all of these different people and, and his style, like the clothes and shit that he would wear. He would have like these kangos, he'll have Levi's and he'll be sitting on the chair and he'll I'll see him like picking lint off of his Levi's. Like that's how creased and like fresh he was. Like he just grabbed a little piece of and and I don't know why that stuck with me. But it did, like a low ass kid watching. Yeah, you're like, oh, the way you're taking that lit. I gotta like, get the hip hop. That's what you do. You gotta pick that off. Wait a minute. What what music were you listening to? Do you remember the artist he was playing back then? That, that yeah, Kumo D. I mean, uh, sorry, uh, 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 Curtis Blow, um, Run DMC, and then it transitioned to Kumo D, LL Cool J. Like it's it, you know what I mean start to gradually go up further and further the higher you got like into like ninety five ninety six but I started rapping like in like eighty five wow. you know my own shit I started hey, rapping that's the year I was born <laughs> that's hilarious that's crazy <laughs> I came out I came out of my mother's uh, vagina. And you and you grabbed the microphone. It was like <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy as hell, bro. Uh, so that's 
So yeah, that's 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 when I started. And I had one rap call on my telephone, and that lasted me for three years. Oh, you gotta, spit, you gotta spit that because I know you remember it. You go ahead, you have to spit that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it was like my telephone. Oh my god, my telephone is a great big pain because every girl that calls me sounds the same. Why am I sounding like the little kid? Like I gotta use the voice of the little kid. Hey my man, sounds like Sharon. She sounds like Sean. Sean sounds like Rhonda. Rhonda sounds like Don. Kawana has the number and Lisa too. And I can never tell who is who. Every time the phone rings, I cold get nervous. Sometimes I wish I had an answering service. I always get caught up in the same old thing. Like when my girl calls. I say Sharon's name. Then my girl gets mad, hangs up the phone. I call her right back and get a busy tone. And when I finally get through, she doesn't want to speak. That's the third girl I lost in this one week. Tom and Jerry told me to get my number changed, but I thought it was cool. So I kept it the same. As the day goes on, my problems grow. Get another telephone, right? Oh, no. <laughs> hey, hey, shout out to you for remembering that whole verse you just did. It That's was like correct. it was like four of them bitches, but What's I that? basically was taking my brother's like the shit that was going on with him and applying it to me because obviously, nigga, I wasn't, I didn't have no girls, so I didn't have no. But he was, I told you, he was light skinned, fucking curly ass hair, and he had all these different girls that he would have around, and so I took his story and like made a rap about it. Was that before the song, Mister Telephone Man? Mr. Telephone. That's what I was thinking. Because that, that, Mr. Telephone, man, that's new edition, right? I think so, yeah. I'm trying to think what year that was. But it definitely was before Jay-Z's Girl, Girl, Girls. Oh, hell yeah. Because this is, this is like, this is like 85, 86. That's crazy. You was ahead of your time. So this is way, this is like way before, like, you know, all of that shit. Yeah, man, precocious. <laughs> I, I I was a precocious individual. Um, so so I got into all of that stuff. And like I said, I didn't make another rap until I was 10, until I got to uh middle school. So all through high school, I used to just do my telephone. And then my first year of middle school, <laughs> there was a there was a dial called my buddy dials. I don't know if you will remember that. You probably too young. But when I was 10, there was a dial. It was like, my buddy, my buddy. I take him everywhere. I go, my buddy, oh, my oh, buddy. Oh, it was a doll. Yeah. I, said, I, I thought you were saying dial. A what? Dial. Oh, no, no, no. A doll. Oh, yeah. my bad. Mm. And they had a commercial of it. And it was really popular white fucking doll that looked like a Chucky doll. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll if you look at it now, it would be fucking scary. But <laughs> back then, it was a cute-ass doll. I'll chop um, your dick off while you're sleeping. <laughs> so the irony is, because I've been a fucking freak my whole life, I changed that theme of that song to my dicky. I called it my dicky, and I started rapping about my dick. <laughs> <laughs> and and that was my second rap was my dicky um but yeah so so i and, and listen in elementary school it's not like there was a bunch of people rapping bro i was like one of two three right middle school it got a little bit more probably like maybe one of four or five perhaps if that um, but like I was always like the best one because nigga, my telephone rap was better than everybody's. 
you know what I mean? And so I just I just kept going. Like I said, I did my first show when I was 10 years old at the State Fair. Yeah, and so how, how did that go? What What's the story behind that? Man, so when he first told me that I was- <laughs> you're, like, to- you're like, I just left Michael Jackson's hotel room. And- <laughs> <laughs> My anus was sore. Then <laughs> <laughs> my little ten-year-old anus was so tiny and red. Um, when he <laughs> it was so rashy. When he first told me that, I was obviously super afraid because I I was do I used to do little Michael Jackson shows around the neighborhood because like Michael Jackson was my everything. Oh, you know, everybody, he mine too. Yeah, so I had all of the, the the clothes and the gear, and I used to do birthday parties. Uh, I didn't. I didn't and, do that. I didn't yeah, do that. I was doing birthday parties <laughs> as as Michael Jackson, and but that was like the most I had ever done. I never did like a show with there's like a bunch of people sitting there watching me. Um, and yeah, he told me, and I didn't have a a beat. Obviously, I had that. I had that rap, but I didn't have like a beat, and so. He gave me Eric B. and Rakim's instrumental. Back then when when you had tapes, it would be an A side and a B side. And and on the singles, it would be the single, the instrumental, the acapella. And on the other side, it would be like another song, instrumental acapella, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. So on their second album, there was a song on there called, uh, fuck, I forgot the name of it. I'll have to look it up. But he gave me this beat. He was like, you should do this beat. And the beat was like, doo, 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 doo. boom, 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 boom. So I made my telephone rap to that, bro. I went on that stage, middle as fuck, nigga. This stage is huge. I'm by myself, and I'm standing there at ten. I don't know when to tell them to turn the music on. I'm just when the music come out, just rap. So I'm just standing there, right, <laughs> waiting on them to turn the fucking music on. And this nigga in the front row, bro. He stood up and said, boo! And I said, oh my fuck. A 10 year, he booed a 10 year old? A 10 year old. Bro, I'm so, if you could see me, they, they, he recorded it, but like, if you could see me, bro, it's so sad that this nigga will stand up and boo. I didn't even say nothing yet. And he booed me. I guarantee you that nigga in jail right now. Anybody. <laughs> Anybody booing a 10-year-old is incarcerated, bro. Nobody in their right mind go boo a 10-year-old, bro. So you don't got word about him. Karma got him. Bro. That Trust nigga that. is definitely not still alive. No, nah, oh, he, he ain't alive. That nigga got <laughs> He got what was coming to him. <laughs> so he booed me, and, bro, when that happened, they played the music, and that shit said, boom, boom, boom. As soon as that beat came on, Everybody starts saying, oh, so it turned his boo into everybody fucking starting to scream. Still, I hadn't said nothing yet. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> that got it. But then that that made me like excited, like seeing that. And so I did my rap and it's a good rap, bro. It's a, it's a good rap. It's probably like four verses. I think I may have done three. Um, and yeah, man, that shit was like a crazy rush. They gave me this big ass trophy. I don't know why. Like they said, special guest. And that was like awesome. That was my first show. So this what I this is what I want to talk about now. How do you feel about the landscape of of hip hop music now? And like, what challenges do you see as like an artist? 
Okay, so I'm going I'm to put that in part of something that I wanted to say about the whole rapping stuff. So if you are not as versed with me or if you are new to me or you came around in the last, I don't know, however many years that you like may have known me from the internet and you don't know much about the rapping stuff, when you see how I talk about it and how I talk about myself, it can kind of come off as like pompous or it can come off as like, like I'm trying to pontificate about like how fucking good I am and why and blah, blah, blah. But it comes from the fact that like I've been around for a long fucking time and I've been with legends and I've been a part of legends. I've had people that, everybody look up to is like the biggest and greatest shit ever tell me how dope I am and like all of this shit. And so me as a person, I know that and feel that and I know my abilities and, and I, I have so much fervor behind it. And yeah, I feel slighted. I feel upset because I feel like I should be big as fucking a lot of people that we revere. You, I, I, I feel that in my heart, just talent-wise, I know that I should be Jamie Foxx. I should be already on the levels of these people, and it's frustrating to me because I just feel like I never had the opportunity to fully be able to give my talent to the world so that I can have that. And so there's like this chip on my shoulder because it seems like I'm kind of new to a lot of people. But, bro, I've been here for decades doing this shit. Like the legends that they, you know what I'm saying, talk about. And I feel like I don't get that same respect. And it's very frustrating to me, you know, especially when I'm continuing to, you know, like, like usually like legends from the 80s or whatever. Nigga, we don't talk about, like LL Cool J is somebody who, who stayed around. But for the most part, if you're a rapper from the 80s, that's it. Like, And, ain't you, no- and you can catch Ice-T on Law & Order. SVU. <laughs> Every <laughs> fucking Thursday night. <laughs> I had the Ice T, man. I'm just talking shit. Ice T, like, yeah, very funny little nigga. Why he's cutting <laughs> his, his hey, Ice T will get on your head, bro. He, he, ain't, he ain't too big to uh, attack your ass on Twitter. I know. Shout out to Ice T. I mean, no disrespect. I'm, <laughs> like, I know level, nigga. You will get I, from his ass. <laughs> like, my, Michael Blasting, I'm just a bitch ass nigga. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. No, and so and so, you know, this this shit is like so frustrating to me. And and the fact that I'm still doing it and still doing it at a high level because, like I said, if you from the '80s, nigga, the way you, if you even rapping right now, which you not, they're probably not rapping in their '60s or however old they are right now. You know, I'm from that generation and era and i'm still rapping in 2020 at a high level you know what i'm saying i don't rap like from the 80s right now i mean people might say that my style is like an old school style now but that just happened in the last five years because five five years ago the way i rapping was not considered like old school you right. know what i mean and now I, it is i would i would disagree with that too because you just have fucking lyrics <laughs> In substance, you see what I'm saying? So it's like, it's not, you don't come across old school sounding to me. If you did, I'd be like, yeah, you kind of sound a little old. But no, I just listened to your new stuff, bro. You still, you sound up to date. 
your your rapping patterns and cadence, it sounds like up to date without sounding like everybody else. But you they think Jada can sound old. Like we talking about the kids now. Like right. my son, my son don't give a fuck about my raps, bro. He don't care, nigga. He don't care about no bars. He don't care. He don't even get the bars. I'm like, dude, you did not hear me just say, I put the heat to your head, have them sweating bullets. You don't, you don't, you don't understand that? Yeah, that's if, good. If, if you go shoot off at the mouth, you better be prepared to bite the bullet. You don't, yeah. you don't, you don't get that. And he don't get do, it. Do, do one more, goddammit. Do one more. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you, you get into my soul. <laughs> no, but he he don't get it or give a shit. You know what I'm saying? And so to wait, him, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you go, what do he care about? The sound? He just the beat, the sound. Only the cares about the vibe of it. Like as right. soon as it come on, he make his decision. He make his decision before they even rap, bro. <laughs> as soon as the beat come on, if that shit don't make him do that, then he don't care. Right. You know. And 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 so it's frustrating because it's like, all right, well, what the what do I do? Do I try? I mean, because I did try this. Do I try to assimilate to what's happening now? And I did that with him. Like he and I made an album together, and I and I did it like kind of like how his music. I let him pick the beats. I let him. Right, right. I never listened to that album. I'm be honest with you. <laughs> hey, a lot. No one listened to that shit. Like honestly, no one gave a fuck. Like you can't listen to a Paige Kennedy album, nigga, and then go to. I feel the same, you know, I feel the same. Like, no, nobody give a shit, bro. Right. So I can't assimilate. And if I keep doing what I've been doing, that's clearly not about to get me no fucking record deal or get me no views. Like, bro, you don't understand, Justin. I'm so frustrated, man. Like today, I put out, I spent my fucking hard-earned money paying Dustin ass to go make my damn underrated video, and, and it's a dope ass. Wait a minute, video. anybody that don't know, Dustin also shot like my fire flame video and my swag on a video, and he's done all my special effects for all my new uh videos that I put out for my uh second project. Uh, chapter two, he rap rap. I'm listening, okay? So you paid Dustin, he got both of our money. <laughs> and the Dustin, video, Dustin, Dustin does a great job, that's the only does, reason man, why I, I fuck with Dustin, and yeah. I probably always will fuck with Dustin. I just like. I think he, I think he's good at what he does. He is. Uh, so you put out the video today. Yeah, nigga, it don't got no, it don't got nothing. I, it's on my Vivo channel, which I don't even know why, but like, and it's frustrating to me because the people that watch it think it's dope. But why the fuck can't I post a video of my rap shit and it just automatically get in the hundreds of thousands and the, you know, all of these cats that I'm think that I'm better than, they shit just go crazy. And I post my shit, nigga, and don't nobody even see it. Hey, man, and, when I tell you, me and my team talk about the exact same thing when it comes to us, bro. And I think part of it is, one, Instagram algorithm is trash, I feel like. Um, I, I feel like people don't see all your content. I feel like if you don't get a certain amount of likes or whatever in a certain amount of time, they almost like don't let your shit rise up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I think that's part of it. And then, you know, I think the other part of it is um I think we're at a we're at a point in our career, and I know you've been doing it longer, but it's almost at a, a thing where people think we all we're already good. So it's like why why help him if 
if he's already he working you, you got a million followers on instagram almost you know you you in a movie a number one movie meg so it's like man this nigga good already and i think sometimes people i, I don't know trust me what how you feeling about your numbers that those are conversations that me and said be having my assistant uh that's that's a conversation me and my friends be having and and yeah, you hear other people's stuff and you like, man, they shit is not that good. You know, it's like if they shit getting all these views, my shit should be getting all them type of views too. Um, but I, I mean I, I really don't have a clear answer to, to that, you know what I'm saying? But, but the fact I, that it's not even on the same playing field, it's not even in the same stratosphere. Right. It's like <clears throat> you know, part of the reason, like so the only reason I was able to have uh resurgence of a rapper is because the internet transformed into a thing that allowed you to not need a record label per se to get your music out to the world before dude do you know how many albums i've had that only my friends would had heard like i got songs bro i could play you songs right now since i was a child since i was a kid like Songs that still sound good from high school, from college, that are still good songs today that no one will ever hear because unless I could physically give you my CD. But I mean, you don't you don't try putting them on like TuneCore or anything. Well, not not the old stuff, but that's what I'm saying. Like now, like from torn pages on, I was able to actually put like material right. out there. But before, like if you didn't have a record deal, then. Ain't nobody gonna fucking know you. Which gets me to my next question, which is, did in those '90s when you was rolling with all them dudes, did you try to get a record deal, or what was that process like? Did you have a demo tape? Did you go go to meetings, or, or what? What was that back in the day? Well, I feel <laughs> like I had one and I didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor no. Doctor Dre wanted to meet with me. Uh, and that was before he blew up. That was right before NWA, and I said, "Fuck a Doctor Dre. He has no <laughs> certification, certification." No, I was from Detroit, man. I was from Detroit. There wasn't many opportunities for us growing up. There wasn't like record labels there. There wasn't. If you think about, oh, like, but Motown, Motown wasn't around, huh? And they didn't uh, do rappers. They, they didn't. They didn't give a fuck about no rappers. Um. So if you think about, like, what's the first Detroit artist that you ever even heard of? Probably Eminem. Eminem. <laughs> yeah, and that was, like, in 2000. So I already was, like, in college then. So before that, we didn't have opportunities to get record deals in Detroit. So there, were, there was, and, and me being around those people, like, they know me when they are in Detroit or when they're in Michigan. Gotcha. It's not like they are, you know what I mean? They got their own lives, like, elsewhere. The most I got is met the man wanted me to uh, write hooks for him. Um, uh, who else tried to get me on doing certain things? I thought I was going to have some situation with Bad Boy, but then nothing even came out of that at all. I just never heard from anybody from that. <clears throat> so I didn't have a chance, bro, to to... Why do you feel like why do you feel like people support your your vines and TikToks more than your music? Cuz I think that's when they saw me first. Mm -hmm. Aside from the people who know me from like movies and TV and shit. Right. But as far as the internet goes, they saw me first 
as making them laugh. Right. You know what I mean? And so a lot of times when you know somebody for one thing, when you see them try to do something else, it's automatically tainted, whether they're good or not. You just automatically like, like if nigga, <laughs> if LeBron retires and you try to go into boxing, nigga, you gonna be like, man, if you don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they don't like. I don't know. I might be like LeBron. I mean boxing, but I get, I get what your point. I get your point is. I think boxing. I would actually be like, let's see what he got. Um, but, but I would be like that, but I'm not the normal people. Like, right. but if he tried to rap, if he tried to rap, I would look at him like, uh, I got to hear what immediately you, you would yeah. feel some kind of way, right? Right. Like, like as soon as nigga, when Kobe was trying to rap, obviously you know what Kobe means to me. When Kobe was trying to rap, my brain immediately was like, uh, <laughs> Right. So, so I think that's just how people are, like, just wired. You know what I mean? Rest in peace to the legend. Rest in peace to the legend. Oh, yeah, definitely. Rest yeah. in peace to Kobe. Yeah, um, I'm listening. I'm listening. So so I, I don't know what it is, bro, but I walk around with this. Is it I just feel like is it I've never bitterness? had a chance to blow, like, pause. I wanted to. You know what I mean? And And, and I feel like. I'm the type of talent, like, God forbid, like, if I leave, like, earlier than I feel like I should, that <clears throat> people will then talk about, like, how diverse I was as a talent. But I never got to smell those flowers, which I want to, you know. I, That's why I'm doing Urban Legends. That's why I'm doing Urban Legends. Putting me on the map, bro. You're about to put me on the map right here. All 12 of <laughs> these views, they're going <laughs> to... We're giving you your roses now, man. But that is partly... Honestly, that is that is why partly why I, I'm doing this. Um, it is for that. Because I do know your talent, and I do know how great you are. And I've seen you be able to make a whole crew of people die laughing on set. And then I've seen you be able to shed tears in scenes. I've been able to hear your bars be exceptional. You say some shit sometimes in your bars. I'm like, ooh, that's cold. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I I, I know. And then I see you do the divine and the TikTok and how well you do it, that stuff. So, you know, I'm one of those people that's completely aware uh, uh, of how great you are. And, um, you know, sometimes it takes people a while, man, to, to catch up to, to people's greatness. I think that the, the, the good thing that you're doing is you're not stopping and you keep going. Um, and you know, Marlon Wayne's told me this a long time ago. He said, man, some people had an easy route and some people had a hard route, but as long as you keep going, you eventually get there. You know what I'm I saying? Yeah. I believe that. And so and, I mean, and same with you, you know, you, 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 I think part of the reason I gravitate to you so much is because I see myself in you. Like to me, you are like, a smaller, younger version of me. <laughs> like, I, I see us, like, as so similar. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and it's rare. It's rare for someone to have such a diverse talent. Like, it's, it's, it's rare to have the Wayne Brady's. It's rare to have, like, people that can, you know, do multiple things, but, like, commiserate like it's it's just as good no know? it's true and, it's, and it's really it's really like jamie fox wayne brady donald glover Paige kennedy justin hires 
<laughs> there it is right there. It's a very small, it's a very small list of people who can. You know what I mean? And, and, because, and those people are special, you know, and, and it's just, I'll tell you this though. I did this podcast with this um her name is Shannon. She uh she she has this this thing that she I think it's called uh mimosas with I don't know. Tell me something and 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 I I truly believe it. <clears throat> she said that God brings it when he wants it, not when we want it. Right and this is why like and and sometimes when people like say like God references to me my brain just goes to cliche or like, oh, of course you say this is something you say. But this is why I truly believe that. For me, I don't know about anybody else, but for me, I think God is waiting until I am ready before he gives me what he's going to give me. Because I have like a, um, you know, I can cause self-harm for me because of my personality, because I am misunderstood a lot of times, like in my, in my behavior and how I talk and how I am, I'm someone who exudes only love. You know what I'm saying? I don't hate, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, there's no reason to, to fear me. I am like a big ass teddy bear. That's only want to shower everyone with love. And sometimes with certain people, that don't know me, that can be jarring for them. That can they could be afraid of that. They could be scared from that. And so I can get in trouble because of how I am, man. Like how I talk. You know what I mean? Right, and so because right. of that, <clears throat> I feel like if God had given me what I want when I was a teenager, when I was in my 20s, when I was in my 30s, I could have ruined my entire life by now because of being misunderstood or got caught up in like shit or whatever. So maybe he's waiting until I grow up, I mature, I something where when he gives me this, I don't then go fuck up my whole life from having it. Because you know, people don't, they don't bother you until you reach a certain level. And then once you reach a certain level, that's when they gotta like try to fucking knock you down and go back and try and, you know what I mean? No, so <clears throat> I think maybe he potentially is waiting until I can handle it. You know what I mean? What if I was rich as fuck in, in my 20s and the way me being how I am, I fucked it up. <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 think you're, I think you're correct. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's that's how, how God works, bro. And I feel the same way. I feel like everything we're going through in our life, in our journey, is preparation for when he gives us what he wants us to have, you know? And so everything, the ups and downs that you have, you know, that I have, the feeling like, man, we should be that dude already, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's one of those things where, think about this. I, I think about this often. If if Hollywood would have gave me everything that I wanted when I first moved out here in, in 07, I wouldn't have been a writer, meaning I, I wouldn't have written <coughs> Half Eight, um, two, you see what I'm saying? I wouldn't have learned how to direct and produce when I was doing YouTube videos that was going viral before Vine and Instagram. Yeah. See what I'm saying? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have learned how to do that. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have started rapping. I wouldn't be doing this podcast. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I wouldn't be doing a lot of things and only because 
I didn't get what I wanted off top, I developed all these skills. You see what I'm saying? And it's only making me and you better talents. We're becoming more versed in what we're able to do. So when the time does come, man, motherfuckers go be like, these niggas, they're incredible. These mm-hmm. motherfuckers do everything. Not only do they do everything, they do everything at a high yeah. level. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? So that's how that's how I started to see this as like, man, this is just preparation. You know, all these are just tools that I'm picking up along the way, along even editing. I, I only learned how to edit because of, you know, yeah. I needed to, I had to. You you know. So yeah, man, but but I can understand your question. Now, do you ever feel like there was something false moves that you may have made in the past that kind of like let's say you had an opportunity and something happened and then you was like damn like maybe if I would have chose the different uh, if I chose went about that differently you know maybe my career or whatever could have been differently or do you not think about the past and you like <clears throat> fuck that shit happened and it's, it's on on to the future well there's definitely many things in my life that I could have chose to do differently to prevent myself from getting in trouble. <clears throat> um, do I think those things would have, uh, those things affected the trajectory of my career? Not necessarily, because I feel like how the world works is this happens, this door closed, you maneuver, you go somewhere else. And so as long as you're not a person that stops, <clears throat> then you continue to go. You know what I mean? Like me leaving graduate school early, like I left graduate school early. Um, Had I stayed there, I might have not even come to LA. I might have stayed in theater and went to New York or even though like the goal was to come here, you know, my path had these in it. It wasn't like how you said, it wasn't a straight line. And so I don't know if it like affected the way that my career would have gone. Like if I, if I would have not did this, then I would have blown. I don't know if that is the case, you know, but there's something that you said that it makes all the sense in the world is like, I think you said ice T said it, but if you, uh Oh, if you keep going, ways. <clears throat> Oh, Marlon Wentz, if you keep going, eventually something is going to pop. So, like, look at Tiffany Haddish. People think she just came out of nowhere. Like, they just like, oh, she just popped out of nowhere. They don't know how long she's been grinding and and pushing to get to the the place. It it looks to the masses that, because they didn't know her, that she just popped out of nowhere. But when it pops, it doesn't matter how long it took because we are living in the present. And so if it popped for me tomorrow, I don't care that it didn't pop all that time. Then nigga, that's right. over. Right. I'm, now I'm here. And it's, you know what I'm saying? And so, so you know, what you have to do is keep going until that happens. Because if you stop, then all of that shit was for nothing. Nothing. And people don't know, man, Tiffany, she didn't pop till 38. I moved out here in 07. Me and people don't know me and Tiffany had it. We have like two or three pilots that we did together. Never seen the light of day. You see what I'm saying? People, oh, yeah, that prank pilot, like at the restaurant. And at shit. the restaurant, yeah. How, you you auditioned for that one? 
No, I was, I was, they asked me to come, they just asked me to come do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I auditioned. That's where I was at in my career. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, I hope I get this print pilot. Uh, <laughs> I, get to, I get to print people eating their dinner. Uh, so, so yeah, me and Tiffany did that. Me and Tiffany did like maybe two pilots for CBS. Uh, we did the CBS Diversity Showcase back in 2011. Um, people don't realize that with Kevin Hart, man. I mean, Kevin Hart, had, he had a TV show that got canceled. You oh, know, ABC. Huh? ABC. Oh, ABC. Oh, ABC got canceled. Then he just really hit the road. And it wasn't until he did the Shaq All-Star Comedy uh, show that really he started to pop along with Think Like a Man and then his career. But there was a long time, you know, and it took him till he was like really 30 for his career to take off. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And then but people don't people don't see the work. You know what I'm saying? They think everybody was an overnight success, you know, and, and it just that just typically isn't the case, man. And um, yeah, man, you you got it, bro. I mean, that that just is what it is. Now, but do you ever do you ever think about deleting old tweets? Do you ever do you uh, ever? I, I don't know if you saw, but like two weeks ago, um, so I think somebody got fired from the Flash, and then somebody else right. got fired from. Uh, they got fired from somewhere from that, and I was like, "Fuck <laughs> that!" Because when Twitter first started, bro. Me, Marlon Wayans, uh, Damien. He's Wayans. snitching. He's snitching. This nigga called out everybody. Me, Marlon, Don, Keenan. He was fucking all them bitches. <laughs> he oh, out with them. <laughs> he said he's snitching. He's snitching. Hey, I'm so glad I did this here. So I don't like later on in life, nigga, be on TV and be like, I remember when Kevin Hart was uh <laughs> No, but when Twitter first started, bro, it was all about the jokes. And and we would all go in on the same hashtag all together. Right. Each other, and that's how we got followers. Like Kevin Hart used to like shot me out, you know what I'm saying? And then I'll get like a hundred followers from him like all at one time. And I'm like, oh, every time he shot me out, I, you know, so that's what we did was just write jokes. And the jokes are clearly offensive if you read them <laughs> now in 2020. But back then you were allowed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> you are allowed to be funny, yeah. <laughs> but now if you say some fucking joke, nigga, you're a misogynist. So, so I have my daughter. I pay my daughter to go through and delete a hundred and seventy-one thousand tweets. Woo! And guess what? There's some loser that screenshotted one of them a long time ago. <laughs> they got it. As soon as the Med 3 happens, nigga, I'm posting this shit. <laughs> they be waiting, but they wait till you at your optimal highest. Right? You at the top, nigga. How as dare you do that? the host the Oscars, that's when they got to come out like, ah, I knew that, it. That be my only thing, man. I be like, man, why, why did you... <sighs> Do it when I'm still broke. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. So no one care. They're not gonna post that story. They don't give a fuck. Like you wasn't. You didn't give a fuck about me when I was broke. But now all of a sudden I'm about to host the Oscars, and now all now of you're a sudden, offended. Now you're offended. Now it was trauma all these years for you. It's like it wasn't trauma the year before when I was fucking working at Publix. It wasn't trauma then. Do you think 
I, I know this is a digression, but I'm just, I'm just curious of your opinion. Do you think that something that was socially accepted before and then as we grow as a people and we change and it is no longer socially accepted, do you think that um, it's punitive that you can go retro retroactively punish someone for something that was socially active then but it's not no, I, think, I think i think it's a slippery slope and i i really don't think it should be done even like when they try to cancel like going with the wind and stuff like that i'm like yo it aired i mean it came out when it came out in that time frame that was acceptable you know and if you keep deleting the past it's like or or, or even plan i know you're talking about punishing somebody but it's like it's those, like those are two different things. Yeah, those right? two different things. Like, deleting, deleting the past could be positive in the sense that the younger people that are coming up will not have the information of hatred. Like, so if you could delete racism from before or slavery or or any of those things that happened before, as we grow up and learn things, we won't learn that thing. Which, which isn't good, in my opinion. You know, okay. that's, that's not good in my opinion, because it's like if you don't learn from the past, you're doomed to repeat it. You see what I'm saying? So it's like we have to have that image, not not statues. I ain't talking about statues like statues. That was a war. You lost the war. If you lose the war, you have to take your flag down. You have to take your statues down if you lose a war. But when I'm saying like going with the wind and books like Huckleberry Finn books, he said, nigga, Mark Twain wrote nigga. Like, why are you changing that? It's like. We need to see how far we've come. People need to see progression, my opinion. Uh, but if you start deleting what came before where we're at now, you're going to think shit has always been good. And like, it's like, no, like my child needs to know. She needs to know about slavery. But also before slavery, she needs to know that black people were kings and queens prior to slavery. So don't start our history at slavery. You know, if you really want to start our history, you need to go all the way back to Africa and really tell the full truth about it. Uh, now, when it comes back to what you was really asking me about, no, I really don't. Th it's really like, do people still believe that? <laughs> you know, is it, 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 they really learn their lesson? So, like, let's say somebody <coughs> made a homophobic joke back in two thousand and nine when it was. Uh, somewhat socially acceptable that people felt freely to do it on Twitter. Yeah. No, I don't think that person should be fired in 2020. Right. Um, especially if they come out and apologize or especially they say, yo, that I was young, I was dumb. Um, it was a different climate back then, but I've learned to not be like that anymore. Say those type of things. No, but if somebody in 2020, they're like, man, fuck that. I still feel like that. Then yeah, then it's like <laughs> yeah, obviously because then yeah. then yeah. then you feel like that now. But but I'm saying like something that's like socially, I I don't I I don't want to get into in in a public uh form of something that I feel mm -hmm. <laughs> that I'll just tell you like off, off but line. like I just feel like sometimes things were acceptable during a fucking time like in the 70s 80s or whatever and for us to go back 40 50 years and say well you did this back then 
when everyone was doing that. Right. Then and then you punish them now is just wow to me. Now see are you talking about the cause? Now what exactly are you trying to get at, Mr. Kennedy? <laughs> I said nothing. <laughs> I said nothing about everybody fucking taking quaaludes. Quaaludes, yeah, yeah. Like, nigga, I, I said nothing. Right. Well, hey, man, I ain't trying to get canceled to yet. I said not, nothing. Not yet. I said nothing. <laughs> no, I know. Hey, so let me ask you a question. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep you a little bit longer because you know, but I feel like it's been going good so far. Hey, I like this. So you got me. Oh, good. Okay, good. So this is what I always felt. First of all, when did you find out about Vine? I'm gonna start there. Then I'm gonna get into my my follow up question. When did you find out about Vine? In 2013. I booked this show called Backstrom. Mm-hmm. Maybe I booked it in 2012. Okay. It Maybe I booked it. Because we did Rush Hour 2015. We did Rush Hour 2015? Yeah. It aired 2016, but we shot it 2015. Okay. So, all right. So this is what it was. I initially did Backstrom in 2013, Okay, the pilot. You know, in May, they had upfronts, all that shit. We didn't get picked up, but we also didn't get, camp, like, taken off. They put us on hold. They get a, a, a holding fee for, like, six months or some bullshit. And it got all the way to December. In December, CBS decided, we're not picking it up, but we're going to allow Fox to pick it up. So then we had to wait again until May to reshoot the pilot because we had to we had to replace Mammy Gummer, uh, uh, Meryl Streep's daughter, with uh, Genevieve Angelese. Dang, why they replace her? They just didn't like her. Yeah, I think at the time I think uh, uh, Mammy Gummer was going through either a divorce or something was happening with her, and so. They thought that the character was too melancholy and too close to how Backstrom was. Okay. And so they wanted someone that was younger and more upbeat to contrast and juxtapose, uh, juxtapose him. Gotcha. Um, so we had to wait all the way around to May again. Now, granted, I'm living off this same money that I got initially, and then they gave you a, I don't know, whatever the holding fee was just like a few more thousand dollars. That, that shit didn't last me. So once December come, I'm broke. Right. I'm broke. And I'm finding out about this and they're like, okay, yeah, and maybe we're going to shoot that. I'm like, nigga, how the fuck am I supposed to live from December to May? And I don't got no money. We don't care, nigga. Just fucking do it. <laughs> I'm happy that you got a damn job. So I was just happy that in the future, I knew I was going to have some shit, right? Right, right. So I was doing YouTube um, in 2013. And when I was doing YouTube, I met, I saw a YouTube video from, um, King Batch. Now at the time he didn't have no views on YouTube. He had no followers on Twitter. He might have like a thousand and something followers on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And, but his YouTube, his YouTube videos, Hey, said is on it. 
Say, <laughs> hey man, that's why I said get paid the big bucks. <laughs> let me let me stop lying. Uh, he get paid the you know the medium. <laughs> I know that's why your ass only got two pictures out this whole goddamn thing. <laughs> Nigga, we even talked about a thousand goddamn things. Um, but but so his YouTube videos was like the most epic shit that I had seen on YouTube, and this is even coming from people who I knew that I knew millionaires on YouTube that wasn't doing videos like this. So I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? So right. I reached out to him. I reached out to him and then I end up, you know, meeting up with him and we just like click immediately, like he and I. And so I, I used to do these videos called That's So Drake and he did a That's So Drake Christmas version with me. So this is like in the December that I told you, I know you brought this. <laughs> no, I ain't about to <laughs> Stop trying to get me canceled, man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, just cut that, that part out. That part right. is not that you say. No, don't say that. So don't, are those still <laughs> up or you took those down? I didn't because if I take them down, nigga, they still there. Like other people. Right. Some other people got them. Listen, <laughs> um, it, I, I, I'm going to leave it, but that was before. It was a different different time. Man, when he, he, he slavery feel, was okay back then. Why you mad at us now? Um, right, exactly. So, All right. So, we we started doing YouTube videos and stuff together. Now, remember, I told you I already had this job. Um, I left to go to Vancouver to reshoot Backstrom, and we were doing vlogs at the time. That's when vlogging was popular on YouTube. And while I was gone, Batch was telling me about this new app, Vine. And he was like, it's six seconds. So in my brain, I'm like, nigga, what? We do long ass YouTube videos where the longer it is, the better it is for you. And he talk about some six second shit. But bro, he started telling me like how fast he was growing. He's like, dude, I got like a hundred thousand followers in like a week. And I was like, what the fuck? Because we didn't have a hundred thousand followers on YouTube and we've been doing that shit for years. Straight up. So when I came home from that. I was going over there and I was just like being in his vines. I didn't have a vine account. Nigga, I had a flip phone and a droid. <laughs> and and so <laughs> I think I kept that flip phone forever. Um yeah, so I would just be I would just be in his videos, you know, until I saw all these different people starting to come. I was like, shit, I better hurry up and get me this app. And I started doing my own vines, and that's when I ended up getting like a little iPad to shoot with, an iPod to shoot with. Um and we started the whole Vine situation. So I think in 2013 is when I first heard about Vine and it was from Batch. So he was the first person to tell me too. And I met Batch. I met Batch when he first came out to LA. I, I remember seeing him like at an open mic a long time ago. Oh, he was doing stand up when he first got here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he tried stand up for a while. And he still does it off and on. Yeah, I know. He's he never like stay consistent with it, I don't think. Um, I think he was opening for J- Joe Coy at one point. Um Oh yeah, I've he, seen him do some big ass venues. Oh, Joe Coy is a yeah, he's a beast. I mean, uh he he sell out big ass venues for sure. And so he told me about it when he by the time I found out about Vine, this nigga Batch was almost at four million followers. And God I'm like, damn. yeah, so I was late to the party, but I was still, I was, I was late to the party. I was like midway to late to the party. And yeah. so I'm like, oh, now you want to tell me about Vine. 
after you have solidified yourself. Nigga, <laughs> you already got the whole vine. <laughs> On lock, you king of vine. Um, but here's my question that I always wanted to ask somebody. And I mean, you may not, who knows what your answer may be. I, I was always curious about vine, vine people's re- relationships. Because I never knew if those were genuine friendships or if it was I'm collabing with these people because all of them are popular and all of them are hot. They got a lot of followers. They can help me get a lot of followers. So we go all kind of kick it. But I never knew if those were like genuine friendships or if it was one of those like I'm going to get close to this. You are friends. No, work friends. Work friends. Okay. So, so you know, this is how you could tell if it's a work friend. A work friend is like, if you're on a basketball team and, nigga, you get traded and then you don't talk to nobody on that team no more, that was a work friend. Right. If you got a job and then when you get fired from that job or laid off or whatever and you don't talk to nobody at that job no more, nigga, those were work friends. Like, you can tell if something is a work friend when you no longer do that thing no more and if you still are communicative with them. Like us. Right. We are the same. You know what I'm saying? And so, but (laughs) do you still talk to everybody? You mean for what? (laughs) You mean for rush hour? (laughs) Come on now. You don't still talk to everybody. Let me tell you something, bro. And this, this keeping it 100. Anybody I don't talk to from that particular show, it ain't because I haven't reached out to them. You yeah. see what I'm saying? You know, so if any, if it, you know, if, if anything is they felt whatever type of way and they went their their way, you know, yeah. and that that's from that's from producers to cast members, you know. Yeah. But you, I you think still, you know the difference between because I still talk to a lot of people from that. That that was the best cast and crew I've ever bro I've done over 70 fucking film and television things and to anybody watching that if y'all think that that's nothing we'll go look up your favorite people and then see how many credits they have I got 13 there he is there he is coming th- coming in with the clutch that's number three saying you got like 17 <laughs> more pictures your ass need to post your ass over there fucking playing Fortnite. <laughs> you need more pictures need to be shown. Okay, said over there eating lunch and all that. Xbox. Nah, say it like this. Say it like this. That that was the best cast and crew I've ever been a part of. From from the from the lowest to the top. Like I love these people and I still have a relationship with and who who was number one on the call sheet on that show? Mr. Justin Hires, Mr. Justin Hires, there he is, everyone. You see, hey man, good, 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 good leadership starts starts at the top. You know what I'm saying? I'm and, just, and it's just, you know, and 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 look, and you had all of the workload. This dude had all of the damn workload, bro. Like if you could imagine, and he was so professional. He had his lines learned. When you got all the lines and you in all the scenes and you got all the shit to do. And not only do you do that well, but you come prepared and you got all your shit learned and you're also a joy 
to be on set because that's a hard it's a hard thing to do me i was super bubbly and jovial on set because like my workload is so small he worked three days he, he worked three days everybody i worked three days <laughs> and that's it <laughs> but anybody that don't know it take to to film a one hour tv drama uh it was like a comedy drama uh it, it take eight days so you know it usually it take eight days to film a one episode but so i worked eight out of the eight days he would work two to three out of the eight days so i would be tired of shit in the trailer and he would come in what's up everybody <laughs> he like shut the fuck up nigga i'm tired <laughs> Nigga, I got these goddamn lines to learn. <laughs> but, well, you, and, and listen, I, I got to commend you on this, dude, because like you said, like the, it starts with the captain, bro. It starts with the captain. And you having that level of professionalism just help the spirit of everything else go. Because, damn, man, I... <sighs> There's certain shit that I should not say publicly, and I, I'm, I'm not about to say what I want to say publicly, but I just will say this. Not everybody that is the lead of the show have all their shit together. I'm going to just oh, put it like that. Absolutely. And, so, and so, so, okay, so somebody like you, somebody like Rain Wilson, bro, on Backstrom, Rain got all the fucking lines, bro, and there's so many hard-ass, jargon-ass lines that he got to do and long ass monologues, bro. He had these long, intricate ass monologues of figuring shit out. And this motherfucker came to set every day, ready to go. Like ready to go, not fucking up, not none of that shit. And I'm like, damn, that's so hard to do. And and that's what you did, bro. You, you were ready and prepared. And so it, it trickles down, you know what I'm saying? It, it trickles down and, and it just was a beautiful, set to be a part of and the reason i say work friends is so i still linda is still my girl <laughs> Shout uh, out to linda you know what i'm saying uh uh like i'm i'm still like close to to a lot of those people that were on that show and that means that that was real and so for your question with the vine i think it's both i think for the majority of the parts you know they have something that you can benefit from so you are in communication with them because you guys are working together and it's not like y'all hate each other so yeah y'all have a good time and chilling and laughing while y'all working together but that's what it is but you can tell if it was real or not because look at the people who's still stayed together after vine you know what i'm saying like are they still and business together or are they still cool are they still kicking it you know what i mean because that determines whether it was work friends or not and it's, it's funny I, I use that phrase work friends and my song torn pages um because that's when i really like realized you know the difference between if you really rock with somebody or if they just there because y'all doing like-minded things are you and bat still cool y'all still kick it or anything we don't kick it, but we we like I seen him at the um the Bad Boys premiere. Uh and that was the first time that's the first time we've seen each other in five years. Four, wow. Bad Boys four. Three premiere. Yeah, the Bad Boys Three premiere is the first time we run into each other in like 
four years. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, we're cordial, we're cool. We like when we were together, there was no, it was like before, but we don't, we don't like hang out like outside of that. Like we don't, we don't talk. I mean, I, I reach out to him and I congratulate him on certain things and, and I support him, you know, uh, I still support him and I, I still love him like truly. Um, and, and I think that he, he is very talented and, um, I'm real close with his mom. So I communicate with her on a regular basis. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, people, people fall apart. Sometimes there's people come in your life for seasons sometimes. Right. Um, but, uh, I, I, I love him and I, I have nothing, uh, but great things to say about that. And so with, with spoken reasons, I, Anybody don't know Spoken Reasons was a, uh, I mean, he, you know, at at the time he, he was the he was the um the batch of YouTube at one point, yep. you know, so he was like the top YouTube dude comedian. Um, and then Vine came out, you know, batch kind of batch was like, nigga, let me get this from yeah, you. Yeah, let me let me take that. <laughs> and then after Vine, you had fucking DC. They DC kind of got it from the Vine and took it to Instagram. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like the trajectory, you know. And and before that, it was kind of I was on YouTube. It was like me when I first got on YouTube. I saw me, you was Atheon there then. Atheon. That's yeah. what I'm about to say. And really, before I even saw you though, it was really me, Atheon, and Donald Glover. Those are the three people that I saw like was getting like some numbers. What was YouTube. Donald Glover doing? He had a um, he had a, a a sketch troupe with some white dudes, um, and even his first movie was called Mystery. See if you can look that up. Said it was um it was a he had like the sketch troupe um, back back in the day, um, and he had a movie that came out called Mystery Men or Mister something like that. He, he they did like an indie film and all that stuff. But those are the only people I saw on on, um, on YouTube when I first got on YouTube. Um, but so that's that's but anyways. Uh, Spoken Reasons was like that dude on on YouTube, um, and then I know y'all became close, mm-hmm. and then and then I saw that y'all stopped being as cool, and I didn't know what happened, and you know, I, if you don't want to talk about, it, you don't got to talk about it, but I never just do like what happened, <laughs> and then how did y'all um get back cool again? Yeah, uh, yeah, I can talk about it. I mean, it it, it happened so. The same thing how I told you guys, like how I uh, found Batch through my discovery, um, Spoken Reasons was first. So he was the first Batch. Um, The first Batch of cookies. Uh, So he, I think this is when Twitter was super popping and Niall Evans was on, he was like a part of our, thing on Twitter where we write jokes and hashtags and all of this. Anybody, Evans, anybody don't know who now Evans is, he's one of the um, producer EPs on uh, Wild and Out. So he works very closely with Nick Cannon. Yeah, and he's a writer for like the BT Awards, Wild and Out, uh, other reality shows. So he's been in the game a long time. And now Evans, he tweeted um, one of Spoken Reasons videos that I think was on Worldstar. And 
it was like one of his rants. He was like ranting about a girl. And it was like all these jump cuts. And I was like, what is this? Like, I didn't even know what it was because at that time, I thought YouTube was just a place that you watch music videos and see cats and babies. Like, I didn't know people had actual fucking channels and content and shit that they intentionally was doing and editing. So when I saw this, I was like, what is this? And why does it look like that? Because before you know what a jump cut is, you just know something is weird. Right. <laughs> when you watch it. Like, if you don't know what that right. is, you're just like, this is strange. Right. Okay. Um, so I was seeing this, and he was funny to me. He, he, he had an energy of, like, Chris Tucker when we loved Chris Tucker. And so... He said, when we love Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> the subtle shade. It was like not like this new age shit he doing. <laughs> Nigga done got bigger, gained weight. He talks slower. No, nah, shout out to uh, <laughs> that nigga said he wait talk with. slower. I still, I still love Chris Tucker, and that's hey, yo, I, I did rush out. That's an underrated joke, bro. He <laughs> talks slower. <laughs> hey man, that that's when you know some of your favorite comedians aging when they when they start talking slow. You're like, ah. Right. You I know what you want to say. You ain't gonna say. I ain't saying his name. Show you ain't, ain't. gonna say his name. <laughs> Not my motherfucking idol. Show ain't nigga. Really, soon really. as you say, soon as you said he talks slower, my brain immediately went to that motherfucker. Oh, I was like, no, oh, damn, nigga. <laughs> hey, if hey. anybody wondering, I'm talking about carrot top. If anybody's wondering, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you wondering, nigga, turn on BT at midnight and you can watch the show. Um, I'm by Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm listening. <laughs> so, uh, I saw this guy and I was like, damn. So then I start, I, you know, I went down the rabbit hole of like looking at all his videos. So I, did, I hit him up. I hit him up. And like, luckily for me, I've been around so long. <laughs> Sam went to sleep. <laughs> I asked him to I look up. I got no pictures. <laughs> yeah, look up Donald Glover's sketch comedy group. All right, I'm listening. <laughs> um, I reached out to him and, uh, you know, we started to brew a friendship, you know, cause I was like older cat. I've been in the game for a while. I was able to talk to him and give him advice and, and all this. And, and we got really close. Like I used to talk to him for like two, three hours on the phone. I used to like share my knowledge with him. I used to, you know, we, we got tight and, um, what happened? Uh, he used to come out here. Like he, he had his first audition for a movie and he called me he was like yo i got with this this agency they got me an audition i ain't never had no audition before i don't know how i don't know nothing about nothing i don't even know how to read these lines like can you please help me and i was like yeah yeah we can we can get because you know he he lived in florida right i was like we that, that was that was the movie with sandra bullock yeah this is yeah. This is uh, damn. This said say it came through. Derek Comedy Group. That was the name. Donald Glover's Derek Comedy Group. Yep. Derek Comedy Group. That's right. Yep. Yep. All right. That but that was an old Donald Glover sketch comedy troupe that used to be on YouTube. So you can still look it up. I'm sure on YouTube. <laughs> right after this podcast. All right. I'm, <laughs> I'm listening. Um. So I was like, yeah, I can Skype you, and we could work on it. And 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 he was like, man. I'm thinking about just coming there. 
And I was like, you gonna fly all the way out here to work on this audition? He's like, yeah, man, I really want this. I want this bad. I was like, all right, bet. He came here, bro, and he stayed with me pretty much for like a weekend. Like he came for like a weekend and um, we worked on this thing all weekend and we had to start from scratch. Like we had to start from scratch because I had to. <laughs> Spokey, Spokey was like, what's words? I, I know. He was like, so I walked to the store. I was like, all right, we're going to learn how to read first. And then no, but, but that people think acting is easy, bro. It's not easy. And it's not even easy. Even if you already have a funny personality, right? Because being yourself is one thing. But being able to take someone else's words and then say them like it's yourself is not an easy thing to do. Right. And he could not do that. Like he could, I, I was trying to make him put his personality that I gravitated to into this character, which was a difficult thing to teach somebody to do. But we hashed it out. And on the last day, bro, on the last day, he finally got to the place where he became these words, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Where where I'm watching him do him, and it's these words. It took a while, but we was able to do it. And man, he went in that audition, bro, and booked it like right away. So like, you always will be able to hear. He he always give me love. He always he always show love that his first movie that he got like that I was his acting coach and I like helped him you know get that part. And so. And I did that. I didn't ask for anything out of that. I didn't get nothing out of that. I believed in him and I wanted him to win and succeed. And so that was like our success to me. You know what I'm saying? And 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 then what went wrong? What went wrong is so spoken reasons has huge hubris. He's always had that. You know, I I I I've known that and I've seen that. And uh, Okay, so it's a difference. I think you have subtle hubris. <laughs> like, like you are very confident because you can be, because you should be, but you mask your confidence in comedy and, and self-deprecation. So <laughs> if you know you in real life, you he know, fig- nigga, he you figured me out. <laughs> <laughs> you cocky than a motherfucker, bro. You are so cocky, but, but, the way you mask it so it's not annoying or make people root against you is you mask it under self-deprecation, which makes us be able to laugh because you laughing at yourself. So you'll say, nigga, I'm broke as hell. Nigga, I ain't shit. I don't want... Like, it makes us comfortable. Because it's true! It's true! No, nah, nigga, we know how you feel. <laughs> we know how you feel about yourself. But, bro, have a small dick. The difference between you and Spoke Gang is he didn't mask his shit. He didn't give a fuck about masking his shit. He fucking the only the only self-deprecation thing he did is he had a tagline that said, I ain't shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, but 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 he walked around with his chest out. And and I'm okay with that. People that are like that, I'm 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 okay with them being like that. It's whatever. But what happened was my daughter was a big fan of his and she was here with me in uh la and we were watching him he was like on i don't know what live would have been called back then 
I don't know. Periscope. Periscope, maybe? Mm -hmm. It was Periscope in like or Skype. 2000, Probably it was Periscope. 14, though. 15. It was, it was one, one it was one other one that I remember people used to use, but when I did I used Periscope. And it was something like Live Cat or some uh, it was a cat. No, I, I, I wouldn't have been on that. So maybe it was Periscope. Mm -hmm. He was on there and we watching it and she's a big fan. And she was like, she's like, Dad, Dad, Dad. Like, like, tell him, tell him to uh, shout me out. Cause he wasn't doing nothing on there. He just had a camera there, and he was like listening to music, just kind of chilling. He wasn't doing shit. Um, and so I text him, right? Hey, bro, I'm here with my daughter, man. It'll make me look super cool if you <laughs> were able to say her name while you're on live. I watched this nigga listening to music, and I saw him say. And the nigga just went back to whatever the fuck he was doing. You was watching him, right? I'm watching him look at my text <laughs> and disregard my shit and just go like, back to doing nothing. I watched him. I watched the face. I watched him disregard my shit and just go back to doing nothing. And I was like, Damn, that's cold blood. Like he didn't even respond to me. <laughs> he he didn't say, "No, nah, nigga, I ain't doing that." Like I feel like if if that was you, if you wouldn't want to do it, nigga, you would at least responded with, "No, nigga, I'm not doing that." You're and, right, and, and I would have <laughs> to deal with that. This nigga didn't even acknowledge that I said anything at all. Um, and that really rubbed me the wrong way because it's it's like it's my daughter, and like if I if I had a homeboy. And like his kid was a fan of mine, and like he asked me to nigga, I would immediately just do that, even if I wouldn't have did nothing for him. I'm gonna do something for his kid, you know what I mean? So that rubbed me the wrong way, dude. And then I just I was done after he had did that. Like I was done. I'm like I'm cool on him. And to him, because he so he I guess he didn't give a fuck. Like nigga, he he had a. A number one movie out, like he he didn't care, so what I stopped talking to him. What was that name of the movie again? The Heat. The Heat. That's right. That's right. Um, and and listen, all through the Heat, I was still like on the phone with him for hours because I was still giving him tips. I was still helping him because he had never been on a fucking. I was teaching him how to be professional. I was teaching him how to to make friends with certain people and to to be certain ways around and to not give fucking Sandra Bullock and Melissa uh, McCarthy his ass to kiss because that's kind of how he walk around, you know? <laughs> and, and so I was, like, helping him through all of that shit. And so the fact that he kind of, like, dissed me like that, I was done. So we stopped talking, and we didn't talk for years. And then I think I sneak dissed him on I had a, a a rap that I put out and I think I said something like uh I don't give a fuck about reasons that's not spoken or some shit like that. Uh -huh. I I like sneak diss them on, on like some <laughs> rap or whatever. But we, we didn't talk for a long time. Then Vine happened, then I got with Batch and then Batch used to tell me stories that about like running to him like at an audition or whatever and and it being weird and like he just thought he was the shit, you know, and everybody that I knew that once had a relationship with him was like, no, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool on him because blah, blah, blah. And me at the time, because I didn't like him, either, I'm like, damn, you too, you know. And then one day 
one day I was at the Chick-fil-A on Hollywood and Highland and I was just sitting out there eating and this motherfucker pull up in his car in the drive-thru and you know the drive-thru and where you eat is you right just there. direct line right there. Um, and I saw him and he saw me and it's such an awkward thing because we ain't talk. We used to be boys and now we kind of like, so I didn't know what to think of that. I'm like, Damn, so my heart started beating fast. Like, damn, shit, that's this nigga right here. He got his food. He left. I'm like, oh, I guess that's what it is. But the thing about Spoke is, he does not shy away from confrontation. You mm-hmm. know, like even with the wild out thing, like when he had to confront uh, E-Man after the show, like he he will go and try and talk to you. Like, and so he went, parked his car. Walked his ass back to me and he's like, yo, bro, say, bro. He was like, hey, say, bro, can I talk to you for a minute? Let's just go over here and talk. <laughs> and Man, that's that Florida in us, though. <laughs> Maybe that's what that is. I, I'm the same way, bro. I, if, I yeah. got, if I got a beef, I'm going to call you. I don't care how tall you. I don't care how big you is, bro. If I got an issue, I'm like, hey, man, let me holler at you real quick. Let's go, let's, let's, go, let's go talk about it. Well, that's what he did. He said, let's go talk about it. And then he was like, so what's up, man? Like, what, what what's our problem? What's our what, what's our issue? What's going on? And we had never talked. We we had never had the discussion of like what went on. Like we just stopped talking. And so I told him, I was like, bro, you you shoved me in front of my daughter. Like I asked you to do this for her for me, and and you just like disregarded my shit. Like like I wasn't shit, and then you never even responded to me at all. And you know. He apologized and we hashed it out. And, you know, he was like, look, we ain't got to be cool. We ain't got to talk. We ain't got to nothing. But I just wanted to, you know, get this shit out in the open because, you know, that's, we two black men, like, in a thing. And, that's what, and we was cool. And that's what we needed to do. And, and, and I respected that. You know, there was a part of me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> there was a part of me, like, during the whole process after he had that movie. I'm like. He better enjoy this, cause this nigga ain't without without my help. He not gonna get nothing else. So he gonna realize that he been fucked up with the wrong motherfucker, and that's what happened. Like that was his only movie that he ever got. He had other auditions, he had other, and I feel like I'm a very very good acting coach that that I could have like helped assist him in being able to get further. But that was the only thing that he ever got, and then he switched on and went to all deaf digital and all that. But after that conversation, we didn't, we still didn't like, I mean, we like kind of followed each other back and we would say stuff here and there, but we still didn't get cool again until maybe a year or two ago. We, we, we start talking again and like actually being cool, like how we were before. Shout, shout out to Spoken Reasons, man. Um, oh, yeah. yeah I, I, I saw when he came on the scene. Everybody was like, hey, it's this dude from uh, Orlando. He's from Florida. You know, I'm from Florida. I'm from St. Pete. And Are y'all the same age? I'm a little older than him. Okay. By, by a few years, um, I think. He probably in his, he probably at least 30 now, isn't he? You yeah. think? Yeah. But um, so, yeah. So, I, I, we, we've been knowing each other. And, and I, I don't know if he hit me up first or I hit him up first. I want to say he hit me up first because um, I was doing stuff on YouTube also, or somebody might have mentioned him, but, but shout out to Spoken Reasons. Man. This is my, my last question about Spoken Reasons. And then, do you think um, he's crazy or a genius? 
Or do you think all geniuses have crazy in, in them? Not only do all geniuses have crazy in them, all amazing actors have to have crazy in them. Yeah. I'm not just talking about like good actors. I'm talking about like fucking Joaquin Phoenix type actor. Like you have to be crazy to be a brilliant actor. Hey, Sid just said, um, Spoken Reasons is 31. He was born December 19, 1988. My nigga on the job. That nigga's on his job. He is on his job. Okay, Sid. Okay, now you now you coming through, Sid. You didn't come through with the red pictures, or you didn't come through with like all the other shit that you could have uh, put on screen. But hey, at least at least you got that. Oh, this nigga here, bro. Come on, man. Not with the flip phone, nigga. I got that flip phone forever. Uh. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that nigga put up a nude. <laughs> we ain't fucking around around here. Oh my god! Wait a minute. Oh. I'm, I'm I'm gonna ask you, so, man. So did I, I? I don't know if I did. I. Did oh, I, you did it. No, crazy genius. You said all great actors gotta have, but when it comes to spoken, because I know him. I know him. Know him. I, like I said, I've had hours and hours of conversations with him. I think, and 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 I've watched him too move. I think. He potentially could be both. There's a part of me that feels like there is some chemical imbalance that's going on with him. But there's also a part of me that thinks that he is talented. He has abilities. And so I think it could be both. You know, I think I think he has both. And I think he has some type of PTSD as well. Um, I feel like he thinks everybody's against him, so he has to fight, like, you know, and he walks around with that on him. But I, I definitely feel like he has both going on. And, and, you know, like, you know me, bro. Like, I just love people so much, you know what I mean, that I, even though everybody laugh and shit on him and whatever, I don't know, man. I just want to hug him, <laughs> just cause I I just feel like that. I mean, you know, he, you know, he need everybody need love, so you know. And but um, but yeah, man. Now he he a very talented dude, man. Uh, and well, been, don't you have a story about him? Don't you have? <laughs> you hey, man, this, hey, this ain't about me, brother. Okay, cool. All right, fair enough. I, yeah, I, 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 this, you had your own situation. This ain't, this ain't right. about me, brother. No. I, <laughs> I, I did talk to him before because he I remember when he was out of L.A., he was upset that another uh, comedian was kind of uh, gaining some attention. And and I told him, I said, hey, man, that's the same way stand up comedians used to feel about you and what you did on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, don't don't get upset at the next man. You know, everything evolves, you know, and, um, you know, so. But, you know, I. When I booked Rush Hour, he he was one. Of, he hit me up to congratulate me. You know what I'm saying? I did his YouTube uh, interview thing back in the day when he had his uh, "I Ain't Shit Yet" little uh, series he did. Um, man, yeah. so you know, I wish him nothing but the best. It's definitely all love, man. I'm sure I have him on here one of these days for sure, uh, and, and talk to him. Uh, this is what I wanted to ask you about. This is probably gonna be the last thing I bring up. Um, even though I'm having a, a, a lovely time. Um, yeah, you like nigga, you gotta go. <laughs> Did I meet my quota? Let me tell you about this motherfucker. When I say hubris to your ass, he gave me 
a three text quota. Nigga, I get three texts with him of questions when I'm trying to check in on my motherfucking brother. I'm trying to check on my bro. He like, nigga, you got one more question. <laughs> right. And he tells me that every fucking time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Paige don't know when to tell me. Paige don't know when to stop with the questions. Nigga, the questions are over. You know, it's like ask it's all your, ask you all your questions up front. Nigga, this ain't no phone call. You know, just say what the fuck you at <laughs> hit me up about. Ask specifically, nigga, because I'm one of them people, all the questions that you ask, I'm going to answer all of them. I'm not going to skip over a question like a lot of people do in text, but I'm going to answer all your questions. I got shit to do. So I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> ask your questions so I, so I get the hell on. And see, there's there's certain hierarchy in life. There's certain people that you treat certain ways. <laughs> this nigga treat me like I'm the nigga from his hood that he went to middle school with that ain't shit. <laughs> I'm not the nigga you supposed to treat like that, nigga. I am your peer. You don't fucking talk to me like I'm the motherfucking nigga that you used to eat onions with in the corner store. You know what that is? That's only because I love you and I know how close we are why I can even get away with that. That's the only, that's that's all that is. When you talk about coaching people, I, I know you know there's that TI TI in 50 cent versus uh TI trying to I, and I don't know if their beef is becoming real. People don't even know, like they were supposed to be doing a TV show together last year, TI and 50 Cent. I don't even know. Oh people, yeah, with uh Taraji P. Henson, right? I think well, all I know is my my show he well, he was the showrunner of uh MacGyver. Um uh, they uh he's not the showrunner anymore, but he was working on that show with T.I. and 50. Um, so I know, but it didn't go through for whatever reason. But I'm just saying, this is how close T.I. and 50 working relationship was just a year ago. Yeah. And now this versus thing. But I know you had some type of interaction with 50. And I wanted to know, like, how real was that? How real did it get? I know it was when 50 Cent was saying people owe him money. you like, no, bro, you owe me money. Uh, and so, and I, I know you called him, so... Tell tell the backstory on, on that because you 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 really came for fifty. See, man, I, bro, I'm a legend, man, and motherfuckers just don't even know. They don't even know, bro. They don't put no respect on my name, bro. I've been doing legendary shit, man, with people that they look up at the. Uh, see, it's pissing me off right now, but <laughs> like I'm real shoot that nigga temp time. <laughs> Real quick, let me let me say this about uh, something becoming something that was a joke and in jest could snowball into something that's real and for no reason, for no reason other than, all right, I throw this little joke. This is a joke. They throw this. That's a joke, too. But then it can spiral into because of everybody else that's like fueling that, too. It can spiral into something that's actually real over nigga something that was never real in the first place. So that's possible that it could it could morph into something real, even though I'm sure that it wasn't that initially. Yeah, TI fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will say this. So I'm not I'm not great with years, bro. I can't tell you what year this was. But do you know what year it is today? It's <laughs> It's, it's 2020. I will never forget this okay. bitch ass year. Yeah, this has been a bitch ass year. <clears throat> um, you can't say that. You can't say bitch. 
Or ass. <laughs> you can't equate bitch with 2020. It's offensive. It's offensive. <laughs> don't you do it. All right, I'm listening. I, I, I don't know what year it was, but before 50 was about to do Get Rich or Die Trying movie, um, what's his name? John Sheridan, uh, the director of that movie. Uh-huh. Sheridan. I think it's I think it's John Sheridan. <clears throat> he reached out to a select few actors that he wanted to work with 50. Myself, Taraji P. Henson, Omar Benson, and the nigga on uh For Life. You you watch 50 Cent's For Life show? Yeah, the black dude. Not the main black dude, but the bald head, lighter brown black dude that's on, that's one of the inmates. Oh, I forgot okay. his name. So okay. it was the four of us. We all got sent to the, uh, what? I forget the name of that hotel, but it's that famous hotel on Sunset right before Miyagi's. Oh, you probably don't remember when it mm-hmm. was Miyagi's. But it's like, it's like, it's like right off Crescent Heights and Sunset. Like you got to go up a little hill. It's like a little. Uh, I think uh, I know what hotel you're talking about, though. Yeah, it's like right up there. Like it's expensive bath place. So we went there so that we could work with 50 Cent. Like kind of, you know, they wanted to put him around seasoned actors. And he came there. He had his bodyguard. And we worked with this man all day of like doing different scenes with him and trying to get him, you know, familiar, better with the work, better with the words, being able to be natural, like all of that shit, like all of us. Now, only one of us ended up in that movie. I mean, we weren't promised to be in a movie or nothing, but like Omar was the only one that actually ended up being in that movie. Right. Uh, And so I said as a joke because that's what he does is troll all the time so i started it off as like just a joke of nigga you talking about everybody owe you money you owe me money i helped your ass in your first goddamn movie i ain't getting nothing from that i ain't get no part i ain't get no was he, back. was he supposed <laughs> to pay you though was it like said that he was supposed to pay you or was it well no i mean obviously it wouldn't be directly through him anyway like right. that shit would have come from the director the studio the whatever you know what i mean um but as a joke it's just like funny to say you know since he going around saying everybody owe him money i was doing that and yeah this shit this shit ended up kind of getting i don't know if it was like for real out of hand or not but <laughs> <laughs> but the straw that broke the camel's back is his son had posted something on Instagram and I, in the comments, I was like, tell daddy to give me my money. And he responded to me saying, that nigga still owe me money. So all the fucking hip hop blogs took that screenshot and started posting it everywhere with me attached to this 50 Cent son and Paige Kennedy goes back and forth about da 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 And... And that's when that nigga blocked me. And no, so, you got blocked by 50? I know, man. That sucks. I would like his content. I, I, <laughs> I had to make a whole new Fista account just to go look at 50 Cent shit. <laughs> I, I literally just started following him like two days ago. Or oh, well, nigga, he is entertaining. <laughs> um, and then I saw him 
in Vegas uh, in October, I think. Uh, so I think like, yeah, I saw him in Vegas in October, and I was a little nervous because, you know, nigga is 50 Cent, and there's a lot of people with him. Um, and I had, like, a, a, a table that was right next to the stage that I was on. Like, they invited me to, like, the um, the people who own the place or whatever. So my shit, like, right next to the stage. And I'm a big, huge 50 Cent fan. I love 50 Cent. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm screaming the lyrics and shit. And I see, and he come over to the side, because he, you know, going back and forth, me rapping, I see him look dead at me. And, and like, he kind of acknowledged me. You know what I mean? Right. But that was it. And so in my brain, I'm still like, I don't know if that was a good acknowledgement or nigga, I'm gonna jump you after or <laughs> what what it is. So so I don't know where the fuck <laughs> we stand in real life. I know my agents and shit are my yeah, my agents made me delete all of the stuff that I had because there's like 50 cent has, you know how many productions that he's a part of, and right. you never know what and that's we, like, had, a, we had the same people. agent. We 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 used to have the same agent, now we had the same agency. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What, what what is that agent? Are you allowed to say a- a- APA? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't know in real life where this stands now, but you don't know when yeah. he knocked your ass in the head, you'll know this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. Me, we the same nigga, me and 50 the we we the same. <laughs> and so how how'd your how'd your weight loss going? This this is it, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, only because you did I'm wrapping this up. <laughs> Remember you told me you was like, hey man, you could be a superhero. Uh so meant it. I um I had lost a hundred pounds. Uh I was really excited. I, I wanted to get lower, lower, lower. I wanted to I wanted to reach two hundred pounds, which to a normal person that still sounds like a whole bunch. But because of the way I'm built in my frame, I wear my weight different than other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even though 200 pounds is still like a whole bunch to somebody, for me, that's 200. I'm 200 pounds lean muscle. So if I have zero fat on my body, I still would be 200 pounds. Um, and that's what I, my goal was to get to, which I never actually made it that far. Um, the lowest I got, I started off at 320. I was 320, and the lowest I got was 211. And that was because, like, I went extreme because I'm on this new Netflix show right now, and I I had to be naked in the first episode. And I wanted to be right as possible, so I went crazy on this liquid diet for, like, all these days, and I I got to lose all the way up to until two eleven. That shit only lasted like three days, right. <laughs> and going back up. But then the quarantine happened, and that ruined everything for me, bro. Because the gyms closed, nigga. I was eating all the quarantine snacks in two days. Like I, I refused to work out like inside my living room for a month and a half, mm-hmm. and I gained a lot of weight back. And then even when I started back working out like my home workouts and outside and all that shit i still couldn't lose weight i was keeping my muscle content mm-hmm. and i was keeping the shit that i worked for but i still couldn't lose the weight so right now i'm at a a, a, a bad place to me um weight wise because i'm like all the way back up to like 245 nah, dear which, lord i'm sorry i brought this <laughs> I'm sorry, I brought I know, you. but look, I still look great, though, right? You do because, still look great. 
So like, because the way I wear my weight, you don't look at me and think, nigga, you 250? Like, I don't look like that because of how, you know what I mean? Um, but as soon as we get the fucking word, which I have no idea when the shit is, I know how to lose the weight. You know what I'm saying? I know how to do it. And I'm still active. You know, I just got to fix, like, my eating habits. Um, but as soon as I hear, all right, we get to go back to work in September or August or whatever, I can immediately turn my shit back on because I have to go back to, I otherwise I'm here to fit my wardrobe. Right. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad... Um... I'm, the one thing I know about you, when you focus on something, you get it done. Now, yeah. I know that about you for sure. Like, when you lock in and say you go do something, you you go 110% and accomplish it. So, shit, that goes. So that's how you even know what the status that you want to get to is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Because you ain't going to stop until you reach the goals you set, you know, period. Um, hey, man, before we get out of here, I want to say thank you. Uh, for being the first person ever on Urban Legends. Uh, I think you told some legendary stories. Um, legendary come up, man. Your, your, your journey is still continuing. Uh, we're going to keep watching you. What, what's, uh, what's like your social media and, uh, and what projects you got coming out and, and stuff we should look out for? Well, my social media, everything is Paige Kennedy, P-A-G-E, Kennedy on TikTok, on that oh that was something that was interesting real quick like during quarantine i was supposed to be working on straight bars four but i did not <laughs> um because i ain't had no studio i didn't have so i'm like i'm not about to fucking do no rapping so i ain't rap in a, in a minute i gotta get back into it but what i did do is i joined tiktok um and i joined in march and so mark so april may june july so in four months, bro, I basically got a million followers on TikTok in four months. Wow. I'm at we, 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 we try. Here's my problem with this TikTok is, and this is my problem with Vine, is because I come from a sketch comedy, like doing sketches. And I mean, I, I, I just need to do it. But I don't be wanting to exert all that time and energy <laughs> into doing those videos. But I know the payoff is great, though. You know, clearly, so, and it's not going. It's not going anywhere. So I don't like, know. They talk about problem. Problem. well. They, they talk. are talking about fucking banning that shit. Yeah. But but let me. Can I? Please. I know you got to kick me off, bro. But this is important information. Really trying to get you to fuck off. It's important information. I, I had TikTok written down in my notes, so I'm glad you're talking about it. No, I, I had I had it in my notes. Go. The Go reason it's important is because. The internet is not going nowhere and you can fight it as much as you want to, but you're just doing yourself a disservice. I, TikTok has been around for years. Like it was musically first and then, and, and I said, fucking banging my chest again. Nigga, I'm not about to start no another fucking app, nigga. I'm already this old. I, I went through the buying shit. I went through the I don't got nothing else to say. I don't know what else to do. I've been losing followers on Instagram for the last five years. I was almost at a million before, and then for five years, I just lost followers every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. You know, and, and until I got all the way down to like 875 or some shit. And no matter what I did, 
nigga, I could not gain. Even if I had videos that went crazy, I could not grow on Instagram. And so when the quarantine happened, I told my son, I was like, Tim, we don't got shit else to do, bro. And TikTok is not going nowhere. We already so far behind everybody else. We got to start, dude. And we got to start, like, like we got to make it a job like how we did Vine. Vine, right. This ain't, this ain't no, oh, I'll do one here. I'll do one there. Hell no. That's not going to work. So we dedicated ourselves to posting four TikToks a day. Yeah. I was posting four a day, bro. And and actually, TikTok is so much more fun than Vine. It's like it's like the funnest shit ever, bro. It's, it, it like gave me a whole new resurgence of life having TikTok because my creative brain got to work differently. And like when I was just doing Instagram, I stopped doing like the sex-related videos with all the hot-ass girls. I was doing that shit for like two or three years, and only the girls was benefiting from that. I wasn't growing. I wasn't benefiting. Motherfuckers just look at me as a pervert. So I stopped doing that shit and then I was like I don't fucking know what else to do so I got on TikTok and bro I'm just so proud of myself because I dedicated myself I focused myself and to get a million followers on anything in four months is like very difficult to do and I and, and I did that shit with me I didn't go to no fucking collab houses. I didn't have big TikTokers posting me, being in their videos. It's just me and my kid, bro. Me and my kid and in our stupid two-bedroom apartment. What tricks did you use other than, was it just the comedy? Was it hashtags that you put on there that helped you think increase traction to your page? Or do you think it was just the fact that you did four and it was funny? So everyone puts hashtag FYP, hashtag for you page. Everybody does that. But even if you don't do that, your shit could still be on the for you page. Um, I think it was because because when we first started off, we were just like dancing. And then I turned the dance into like having a punchline after the dance so I can be different than just a regular dance. And then that turned into doing the joke. And then that turned into just doing like regular life shit with Tim. And when that started to happen, when I started doing a regular life shit with Tim, the numbers start to move exponentially um, faster, you know? And so then I I didn't have to do four a day anymore because I got to a place where if I did one, that one could sustain me the whole day. So I only had to do one a day. Um, And so the comedy is what, pushed it. And the fact that people, for one, that already knew me from buying, I feel like my, so my son, he doesn't grow fast like me. He puts out as much content as I do, but for one, his content is like geared towards what he thinks is funny and a certain niche audience that Mm -hmm. my shit is like available to everybody. His shit is like niche audience shit. So he's not going to get followers as fast as me because when they go to his page, they got to like the shit to be able to want to follow him. Um, but we were doing this shit consistently. You know what I mean? And and I think the fact that they knew me from before and also I got a whole new audience. I got a whole new legions of kids. And that was what was so dope about Vine because if you get these kids, do you know I got on an airplane, fine-ass girl, I'm sitting next to her, she's like, you look so familiar. She realized who I am. She's like, I used to watch you in middle school. 
I'm like, nigga, goddamn. I'm about that's to try crazy. to holler at your ass, and you talking about some music. Watch me in middle school. That's so, so, so you got to realize that those were kids that grew up to be adults that liked me and supported me then. I'm still getting older. But then now, I have a whole new list of kids, eight to fucking 18-year-olds, that are going to be kids, that are going to turn to teenagers, that are going to turn to adults that have been following me that whole time. So even though I'm getting older, my audience is so young that it's going to keep me relevant for so long. So TikTok is essential for an entertainer because you need to get this whole new legions of young people. Older people our age, 30s, nigga, they don't got time to be sharing your shit. They might look and keep scrolling. They're not about to share your shit. They're not about to go tell all their friends about They got fucking shit to do. But kids, all they want to do is spread your shit. So... One, I mean, we, I, I am on TikTok, but we, we just post like, uh, like my video clips and stuff like that. I, it's not that I'm doing any like real life video videos, but I'm gonna look into that. You However, being late, bro, you saw what happened with Vine and being late, you should learn from that mistake and say, all right, nigga, I ain't going nowhere and it's helpful. Let me jump on this shit. I agree with you. I'm not even, no, there's no debate. I mean, I agree with you. That's the even why I even have an account. So there's no debate. I mean, you're right. Um, and I and I'm gonna get on it. Um, so the 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 thing with that is, how do you implement your music into your TikToks? Because that's what I've been told is one of the keys to music right now. And so you sitting on a million followers. So then, how are you working on implementing? your music into challenges or dances or something that's going to be able to take, get your music heard. The, so here's what I have not capitalized on. The fact that I have not been currently making music like new stuff is one. Two, the fact that I don't make music that galvanizes kids like my music is like story and concepts and real stuff. Right. It doesn't really fit in the TikTok format to dance to because I don't make dance music. You know what I'm saying? And so I have not been able to, you know, put my music in a position where it could have a trend to blow up. Now it, it stands the reason you would want to do that, right? Like if you're a creator and you know that TikTok is a format that can blow up a song. Sam, Sam, Sam King, King Sam Jones the Third, who uh-huh. played the running back on Blue Mountain State. He put a song out, and he makes music like like that. You know, he put a song out on TikTok, and that the uh, Ellen's dancer was his name Twitch. Twitch. Yeah, he did a dance to his song. Bruh, his song fucking went bananas. He Sam not even really on TikTok like that, but he had the whole world bounce, shake, twerk, and this is how you do the drip bounce. I don't know if you ever heard that, but, nah. but that shit blew up so huge, dude, on TikTok. And he's not even somebody that's on TikTok like that. He was just reposting all that shit to Instagram. And I'm like, damn. I wonder how much money he got from streaming just because of that song 
being a trend on TikTok. So right. I do think it's a smart thing. I just don't make the type of music that works on the platform. Well, you just gave me all that advice, and I'm going to give you this one. You better make your goddamn tootsie slide, whatever that is in you. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> when you heard what you said, when I tried to fucking do that, you was like, I didn't listen to the album. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to tell no, no. The difference was you was making Tim's music. I said, whatever your Tootsie Slide is. That's the difference. That's that the key. Mean? How do I do that if I've never, if I don't do and that? The, the, the point that you have to, you know what gets you dancing. You know what rhythms and beats have you bobbing your head. So, whatever you feel so your joint album with tim shit is like you let tim choose the beats and you let you see what i'm saying you was doing you was crafting it around what you felt like his audience and the younger people would like right i'm saying is you have to find a way to whatever your you michael jackson songs you know what what songs got you fucking dancing you see what i'm saying so you got to really think of what music do i like that had me bobbing had me dancing that i could create for tiktok you know what I'm saying? Something that I'ma like and something that I know people go like and wanna and wanna fucking actually dance to. Cause I, I agree on my chapter two mixtape project, none of my songs are really like dance dance type songs. So I completely understand what you're saying. But for my chapter three project that I already started recording, and you ain't heard that yet, and I mean that's better than the shit that I've done. My chapter three stuff just so happened there's a ton of fucking dance. Type type song that you did intentionally? No, it's it's just that's what came out of me, you know. Because I'm I'm still from Florida at the end of the day, so you heard that on the chapter one, you know, like I had songs like swag on them and doing shit. You can yeah. hear like the Florida type bouncy vibe. Chapter two just so happened don't really have that nothing like swag on a beat, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a big oh beat. God, I love that. Doom, 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 doom. Um, but the chapter three just so happened. I got a few songs on, on that project that I'm working on. It do, it, it do fit TikTok, but it can't, it, it came out of me organically and naturally, but it, it, it goes to the same thing. Like when you hearing these beats, you know, and you thinking of your hooks, you know what I'm saying? Like you just think of like what, what hook, you know, that's going to have people like bouncing their head, you know? Can I challenge that just cause I, I'm listening to you and I'm trying to apply that in my at least in my thinking and i'm like if 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 you don't make dance music how do you then make dance music it's like, not how it's do I not even know? it's i don't think it's dance music it's just because you you do some of your some of your songs are bouncy you know what was the one you did with Dustin with all the animation? I think your body got bigger or smaller. Or... Oh, the nice guy with nice my son and my head on the oh the nice guy song. So what I'm saying is that's a fun song. Yeah. See, you're at the end of the day, you're a fun person. Yeah. You've had a lot of shit happen to you in, in yeah. your past, you know. So you have that to go to also, but you also have a whole vine TikTok energy uh-huh. you see what i'm saying uh I, and i know you come from the the 80s and 90s when it comes to that type of hip-hop which is great um and you still your music is still relevant today but what i'm saying is inside of you it is so much love and it is so much light and fun i guarantee you if you hear the right beat 
the same way you did with Mr. Nice Guy, mm-hmm. you can find something. You see what I'm saying? That, yeah. but I mean, it'll come. I mean, if it come, if it come organically, it come organically. I ain't saying like really like pound your head to to do nothing like that. But you know, just I feel like sometimes you just have to. Sometimes somebody might say something to kind of open up another another perspective or another eye. You know what I'm saying? That's that's why I'm listening so intently is because you know, Mike sent me a a, a beat, and my first thought was, okay, I haven't rapped in so long. I'm a little intimidated. I always get intimidated when I take time off and I gotta start again. I get intimidated because I'm like. Ah shit! How, like, how do I not be old? <laughs> how do I not fucking rap like the same way that I've been rapping? Like, that's what my brain like. I get, I get in my head about that. He sent me a beat, and I just thought the first thing that I need to say is I need to talk about the climate. I need to talk about the world and what's happening. And I'm not really a big social. Uh, political type person like a lot of my music is not that because I just you know that's not something that um I can elocute as well you know what I mean and because of that I don't want to yeah think you could bind them <laughs> no that's a I'm a wordsmith oh that's a word okay well I don't know that word okay. don't ever come I'm a Look it up, Sid. Look up elocute and, and spell it, bitch. Elocution. I'm I'm a Shakespearean trained actor, bro. Don't you ever? <laughs> oh, we know you Shakespearean trained. <laughs> Trust we- me, bro. <laughs> I'm precipitous with this. All right, look, but um, so <laughs> you didn't name me. It up. Elocution. Wait a minute. Oh, is a formal statement made to the court by the defendant who has? I can't read, nigga. <laughs> Go. <laughs> 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 Anyways, I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> Motherfucker. He said, I can't read. I don't know why. I just. <laughs> it's a word because I see it here, but nigga, I'm not. Failed. Motherfucker. You so dumb. <laughs> All right. Maybe you made me forget what the fuck. Oh, so, so. I like to speak from the heart, man. And so I got to figure out a way to talk about what is going on in a way that uh, is not only emboldened to everyone else that's listening, but that it comes from a place um, that is real to me. But because I am have so much fear of that, now you have me stuck in inertia. So I, I do nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 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 you can't, that, that's fear, you can't let fear hold you back. Well, no, no, I mean that's true, but that's what I was saying. Like when you were talking to me about this 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 type of music. Mm-hmm. Cedric said elo- eloquence, but I don't know if you said eloquent. What was the word? I didn't say eloquence. I said elocute. Elocute. Yeah, elocute. It's like to wax eloquently. It's to be able to express yourself and I want to see that. some of your um Yo, uh, yo, Shakespeare. Uh, um, but I, but I already, uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we already know about your Shakespeare, which is really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. We, we, we know about that. But I, I'm just talking about this. I was listening to you, mm-hmm. and I'm, I, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm taking in everything that you're saying, 
And I'm just like, oh, man. I, and I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm reflecting on it as you're talking to me. And, and I'm just thinking like, fuck. All right, I had this beat. I know I need to talk about like the world, but damn, he's right. I also need to do that. But where the fuck do I get even music or beats like to do that? So, so I was trying to process what you're saying because I get it and I agree with it. But I'm, but getting in agreement with it and and actually applying it, you know, in application is two different things. Oh no, I agree. I mean, that's even me with the type of TikTok that I need to be doing. That's the only reason why I said it. We we both we both we both on TikTok. But we're on two different sides of the fence, yeah. but we both need to do what each other are saying. Really, yeah. right? I mean, because you want your music to be heard, and we all know right. TikTok is the vehicle to fucking get it to the masses right now. Exactly. And then I so the video I came out with today. I post that video on TikTok, nigga. They don't get nowhere near the the views that I get on. It's like I post that, and it's basically like, nigga, I just turned on TikTok, nigga, and just stared at my cereal. Right. Like, like <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, shit. <laughs> now is the winter of our discontent made glorious summer by the sun of York. That nigga hard, cuz. Okay, you're a beast. Uh, hard, but you know what's so funny? I laughed so, you didn't mean for me to laugh. When I first, first saw that interview, I laughed my ass off because it wasn't because it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed my ass off because you was there to promote a hip hop project. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about uh, being a hardcore rapper and then you go into a Shakespearean monologue, the juxtaposition between. But look, the, at, look, at, look, <laughs> look at how dope that was, though. I ain't never seen nobody do that on a breakfast club. I ain't never seen them rap. And I definitely ain't never seen them fucking break out no Shakespeare. Like, and you know how many actors and shit that's been on that show? I've never seen that before. So the fact that they let me do both of them shits was dope as hell. I agree. Um, what what projects you got coming out? And what you working on? Um, I, I got this new Netflix sitcom um with Mike Epps um and Wanda Sykes and uh um, Kim Fields, that's coming out. I play Mike Epps' best friend. <laughs> you look like getting an exclusive of this because I've not been able to fully share this information yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 a sitcom. Um, it's really fun. I play a nigga that just spent seven to ten in prison <laughs> for some shit that me and Mike did, and I I, I come back and um, and I, his name I, his name is Duck. I always have these interesting ass names of fucking people that I get to play. U-Turn, Radon, Moto, Duck. Hey man, y'all look him up, man. He been on Weeds, um, Blue Mountain State, Meg the Movie, um, Box Office Hit. Um, and uh, and what's and what your, you already said your TikTok, Vine, Paige Kennedy. Um, yeah, and, and, and the Apple Music, Spotify, all that shit is, is Paige Kennedy as well. Um, so you can, you can hear the music on there. And I just, I just put out, um, uh, a video today for my song underrated. Cause that's clearly how I feel that I'm egregiously underrated. Um, and, and I got to like share like some stories in that video. So I'm, I'm very happy with that video. So you should go watch it. 
Hey, man, y'all check out Paige Kennedy. Thank you, bro, for doing this, man. Thanks for being the first person for Urban Legends. Uh, I love you. Keep doing your thing, bro. Love you too, bro. And nothing but continued success, man. No doubt, man. And give right. me my face back. What you said? I said, give me my face back. We do have similar faces. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I, I, I kind of was looking at that a couple times. I said, nigga, we kind of look. I see, we, played, we played cousins on um, on rush hour, so, I mean, it makes sense. But, um, all right, man, I'm out of here, man. Uh, appreciate you, bro. No doubt. Peace.